Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, a couple things for you. First, mybookie.ag. If you're looking for a new place to place your sports wagers, either wagers on politics, entertainment, you name it, mybookie.ag has it. They're coming out with the MLB season-long props, team totals, and more. And if you're new to mybookie.ag, use promo code BENCHED when you make your first deposit. You know, get a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Deposit $100, get a free $50. Deposit $500, free $250, so on and so forth, up to $1,000. So go to mybookie.ag, promo code BENCHED. Also, if you're new to draft.com, it is a great way to play daily fantasy sports. They have snake-style drafts just the way you like them. You don't have to worry about ownership because you're the only one that owns them. They also have auction drafts, and they have MLB best ball drafts ripping and roaring. They also have hockey, basketball, NFL, PGA. It is an absolute blast over at Draft.com. So if you're new to Draft.com and you make your first deposit, use promo code SD Sports, SD as in dog sports, and you'll get entry into a free $3 tournament of your choice. It can be a best ball, auction, snake style draft, whatever you want. Free $3 tournament of your choice when you use promo code SD Sports. So go to Draft.com, draft in your app store, promo code SD Sports. Also, lastly, if you could please go to iTunes, give a rating and review. It takes two, two minutes to make it happen. I'd much, much appreciate it. Uh, the more ratings review they get, the higher we rank on the system, and the more ears that can hear it. It'd help me out a ton. So go to iTunes.com or iTunes in your app store and check out and give a rating and review. Now to this week's edition of Bench with Bubba, episode 148 with Matt Bishop talking later round outfield targets. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 148. This is going to be a fun one. It's a guy I've got to know, you know, in the last you know year or so. He did some fantasy football content for us at Fantasy Sports DJs. He's doing some baseball content. He's also doing work over at thescarecrow.com, and he's just an all-around good guy. It's super knowledgeable about his craft, and more people need to get to know him. So I'm glad I was able to get him on the show. You can find him on Twitter at Bishfat, B-I-S-H-P-H-A-T, Matt Bishop, how we doing, man? What's up, my man? How's everything? Good, good. It's uh, it's really good to to have you on here. Thanks for uh, pushing it back a day for me and uh, getting us in. It's going to be fun. We'll do a little outfield talk and talk some other fun stuff. But what I wanted to talk about first, and that's why I said hold it. We almost it happens every time I talk to a guest before the show. It's almost like I want to have record on, but you got to have that you know moment of honesty where we can't you know put everything on the air. So I kind of <laughs> said stop. We got to talk about this at least. TGFBI is going on. First off, what league are you in, and where? what round is your league in right now? Okay. I'm in League 19. Um, I, we got a couple heavy hitters in there. I know Paul Spore's in there. Uh, a couple, But right now, we're in round five. Uh, so basically, it has been two full days. What is that? 48 hours, almost 48 hours, and we're basically through. We finished four rounds. Uh, and it's kind of getting to the point where you know people are getting angry. People are getting pissed off. But you don't want to be, I mean, you don't want to be a jerk. I mean, it's all in fun, but all of us care about this thing, man. Everybody cares. Everybody has stake in this and everybody's pretty excited. And when a guy, when a guy expires on a pick, you know, goes the four hour clock, it's, I, I just, I don't know. And I, dude, you know, and, and I'm calling people out and I don't mean to call people out, but it's like, you know, get your shit together, dude. Like this is important to everybody in here. You need, you need to be responsible and you need to step up your game. That's all I'm saying. Dude, even like, I, I mean, even a two-hour pick's bad, but that's bearable. We have literally, the clock has expired probably about 12 times already. And I, I just, I don't know. And, I mean, there's nothing you could do, dude. It's in good fun. But at the same time, you know, come on. Let's, you know, get your shit together. That's all. Yeah. that No, that's bad. That's why I want to let you have at it because I've heard it from many people already because you, you look on Smata's list and you can tell where each league's at right now in the <laughs> yeah. draft room and everything. And right now, like, I'm lucky because we're in round 10. Um, oh, my God. Last, I can't imagine. And, and we were having, like, little conundrums about the, um, you know, the clock expiring a couple times. But 
I was in your shoes last year, and last year when it was on fan tracks, it was an eight-hour clock, not a four, which sucked. Oh. Uh, I was in the league with Spore, ironically, and I think we were the second-to-last league that got finished. Dude, we Spore's awesome, on. by the way. Dude, Spore, dude, he picks in like a, like a half an hour yeah. tops. I mean, he's he's awesome. It's yeah, just it's he's just on top rough, of dude. it. But it's fun. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so fun regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it's the way it's going. It's uh, I understand all the the, comp- the complaints from from multiple people about it. It's just like, what are you going to do? Um, because yeah. to to get a thing this big, you're never going to be able to do live drafts. It's just never going to work. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it sucks. I get it because everyone gets hyped up to draft. It's like, and and you know, during a work day, I get it. If you're kind of busy, you know, you could still set a queue. That'd be nice. But uh, I, I get it. It was like on Sunday when you knew the draft was starting, and we're like three picks in it's like dude you knew what was happening today like, yeah you couldn't yeah. let this thing roll <laughs> but and, uh, dude and actually i i was seeing people like auto picking in the first round like people i think we had two guys expire we had the four hour clock expire i think actually three times in the first round i'm like come on bro that's just that's bad that's bad, it's bad man it's bad <laughs> Yeah, it happens, and uh, it'll be fun to see how it all plays out. Hopefully those guys that got the auto picks, they don't benefit from it. That's the only thing you can hope for. Absolutely. But uh, before we get into the little recent news we have and then the outfield discussion here, uh, why don't you let everybody know what you got going on? You just came out with another awesome piece with us, and I know you're doing work with the the Scarecrow um, or Scorecrow. I always screw that up. Um, What do you got going on? Uh, Basically, yeah, I'm writing for the Scorecrow. I've been writing for you, so – Basically, I, I was uh, with you all season this this year in football, man. Uh, it was it was awesome, right for you. You know, you basically give me any kind of creative freedom that I want, put up whatever I want. You're always on board with everything that I want to do, which is incredible. Uh, baseball season came around. You know, we've been writing for this, uh, not yet, but been writing for the Scorecrow. Right now, we're doing, uh, you know, we're doing all the all the team previews, all the thirty team previews. We did basically um, the the top five prospects from all the farm systems that just came out pretty recently. Um, right now we're putting together our rankings. We have, uh, uh, right now there's like 40 total writers at scorecard. We do baseball, baseball, basketball, football, hockey. Um, these incredible writers on the football side, they just put out, uh, their top 100 players in the NFL. Really, it's not, you know, fantasy relevant and not fantasy relevant. Um, so, I mean, they're killing it over there right now. We got a ton of content right now coming out. We got a lot of good writers, you know, a lot of good, you know, baseball guys that are passionate like you and I, and it's just, it's just been incredible. So. You know, and I, you know, I'm continuing to contribute at your site, dude. I love your site, man. You put out so much good content, and like I've been telling you, man, I started with you in football. I had no idea about your background in baseball. I had no clue. <laughs> and listening to, listening to your DFS podcast for football, I'm like, this dude is incredible. And then on top of that, then I find out that you like baseball and you're more into baseball. And I was, dude, it's a just it's a done deal right there for me. You know what I mean? And I listen to, I literally oh, listen to sure. everything. I listen, dude. I listen to everything. I listen to every podcast, and like honestly, you're you're one of the best I've come across. I'm not even just saying that because I write for you. I truly appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I I grind my ass off for this, and I do it for yeah. you know because I love doing it. But I, I appreciate the compliments, and just wait since now that you're on board and you saw football. Wait till I do my Monday through Friday MLB DFS show. That's so much <laughs> fun every freaking morning. So I love that man. I'm a dead man come weekend time, but I love me some baseball. So let's. Yep. let's Let's talk to baseball. I've had multiple podcasts where I have no recent news to talk about because that is what we have this time of year, unfortunately. But we have a minor wrinkle in things. We have Marlon Gonzalez signing with the Minnesota Twins. I'm always a big Marlon Gonzalez fan just because of his multi-position eligibility. He produces. But going to Minnesota, is this a fantasy-friendly uh, situation here? I don't think so, man. It's. I mean, he's you – know, like he, I mean, he was killing it, you know, with – with his opportunity in 2017, I mean, he really turned it on. He came out, you know, 303, 377, 530 OPS, or 907 OPS, 23 bombs, 90 RBIs. I mean, he killed it. You know, finally found an opportunity, but he really slumped last season. You know, I think you know, only with a 733 OPS. But the problem is, I mean, this the short-term two-year deal, There, I don't see anywhere on this roster for him to even play. You know, the, the, basically the outfield is, you know, you got – you got basically you got Kepler in the outfit. I mean Kepler on right. You got Eddie Rosario on left. First base is taken by CJ Crone. I, I just I don't see I just don't see a path to consistent playing time for him here. You know, and in my opinion, these guys the Twins they made pretty you know pretty substantial offseason signings here. You know, and that can't go underrated. Even Johnson Scope, a guy who's you know two years removed from a thirty home run season, you know you can't count him out. 
Byron Buxton's one of those guys that, you know, it took him forever to get going, but when he does, he's elite. I mean, especially with those stolen bases. But I I just I'm not seeing I'm just not seeing a consistent consistent path to playing time here for him. You know, that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, and that, that's the big concern I have. And it's weird because, like you said, they made some nice strides in putting a really competitive team out there, a team that I think can compete with the, an Indians team that might be taking some steps back this year. And from a fantasy point, you know, there's Polanco, there's Crom, there's Rosario. Nelly's going to be the DH. He ain't touching him. Um, Kepler, Scopes, Chano, uh, Buxton's not going to be taken off the field unless he can't hit, which is always an option. But um, it, it's just a weird situation with these guys because – I guess the way we'll have to see how Rocco does it, Marwin's not going to be like he. We already know he's a super utility. He's going to make like the ultimate super utility play here. We literally could see Marwin Gonzalez play five or six different positions a week. It could be like yeah. one day you're going to give Miguel Sano a day off, then you're going to get Jonathan Scope a day off. Hey, you know, there's a, even though Max Kepler is better versus lefties and righties, maybe there's this like, maybe Chris Sales on the mound and we want to switch it to Marwin Gonzalez instead of Max Kepler. Stuff like that. Yeah. We're going to see some really weird scenarios because. I don't want to see Krohn lose playing time. I don't want to see the outfielders lose playing time. But someone is because they paid him, obviously, to do it. So it's really interesting to see how this works. Does his signing make you any less likely to touch any of those guys we mentioned in the starting lineup for the Twins? No, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant to draft him in really any leagues other than, like, a deep flyer, you know. But yeah. I don't know. Some of these guys, I mean, you know, Kepler's on the up and up. I mean, obviously, you know, his walk rate skyrocketed. His strike, strike, strike out rate went down last year. Um, I, I don't know. The only guy that I could really see him slot in, maybe C.J. Crone at first, because I think they signed him to a pretty, a pretty short-term deal. But other than that, I mean, Jorge Polanco, he's the only other guy that I could see. But, I mean, even he's pretty solidified at short, you know, so it's it's tough. Yep. But, I mean, the really Twins have a pr- really pretty really decent tough. roster. I mean, they could, they could definitely turn some heads and surprise some people this year, you know. No doubt about it. Um, a couple other just for fun ones I didn't put on the list and I was just thinking about we could talk about, but we don't go deep into it all. Um, you know, like Aaron Hicks got his big extension a couple of days ago. I guess a question with Hicks was always consistent playing time with a couple extra outfielders they had there. There's really no reason not to play him, but he, he'd either get hurt or something would happen. The kid's a monster. The fact he signed this deal is what I want to ask. Do you feel more confident in trying to draft a guy like Hicks this year? Oh, without a doubt, man. I'm ta- I am taking Aaron Hicks everywhere that I can get him. I, I think that he is basically on the verge of a breakout. Uh, I mean, he showed it last year basically going in the summer. Uh, June into July, 946 OPS, 12 home runs, 153 WRC+. plus. I mean, the guy, he was just on fire. And then, I mean, he slumped pretty hard after that. Um, August to September, I think he was hit 807 OPS, and he, he really kind of hit a wall. But he's the, he's the type of guy, man, you know, he's got – you know, he's got a you know huge walk rate. He walks a ton. Um, I think his walk rate – actually, hold on a sec. But I, I think he was, like, one of the league leaders. Uh, I can't even recall what it was. But, I mean, he's he's due for a power surge. I, I just think he makes really good contact. And he's just one of those guys that gets on base a ton. He's an on-base machine. And I just think that in that lineup, you, you can literally put anybody in that lineup. And, I mean, they're just going to rake. So, yeah. I mean, I'm taking Aaron Hicks everywhere I can get him. I'm not concerned about the playing time. They're going to they're going to find ways to get his bat in the lineup every day and and I just I'm not I'm not concerned whatsoever. And I think right now he's going I think 125, you know, ADP. For me that's one of the best values in the draft this year. And I'm I'm literally going to have every share that I can get of him. Yeah, there's there's a lot to like about Aaron Hicks for sure. The other big news that came down kind of today, it's not final, but Nolan Arenado got paid. And he got oh, paid yeah. a lot. Like thirty-two to thirty-two and a half million dollars a year, and I'm not even mad about it because he deserves it. Like he's that he's that damn good. But yeah. uh, he's got not. R- r- the rumors are opt out after three years. You know, you open up his baseball savant page; it's just a giant screen of red. And, and, and in yeah. this world, I'm like, school red is good. So um, there's a ton to like here. The the, the fun part I want to mention because I don't think we need to talk about would we draft Aaron Arenado? Yes, we would draft Arenado. This is no, no doubt. <laughs> Let's have some fun with this kind of in a non-fantasy perspective. If Aaron, you know, we just saw Machado get 30 mil a year. Aaron Nolan has got 32 and a half. How much is Scott Boris and Bryce Harper about to get now? Oh, my God. Just for fun. Just for I, was, I was hearing what? I was here, I was hearing 10 years, $330 million to the Phillies. Uh, I don't know. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, man. Bryce Harper, you know, that was it, that 2015 season he had, he's been chasing that forever. I – 
you know, he's an uh, an incredible player. But in my opinion, man, I would give I would give more money to Arenado easy because he's just been he's been just Johnny consistent throughout his entire career, man. You can't touch you can't touch his numbers, and especially in Coors Field, you take him out of there. I mean, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna tell tell off a little bit, but not that much, you know. He's just I mean, for my money, I would I would rather give him the bigger contract than Harper, but you know, he's gonna get paid though. I mean, Harper's probably now I'm hearing he's he's looking for a short term deal. It's uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to keep track of this. But I, I yeah. mean, I think he's probably going to go for like three. He'll probably get that ten-year, three twenty, three hundred thirty million. Harper will, you know, when he does de- uh, decide to sign. If he doesn't do a short-term deal, you know. Yeah, no, he's going to get paid. I'm just curious because no one had to be happier than Scott Boris today about seeing oh, Nolan out of get that extension. Um, and then the other fun one we just, we don't have to debate about is you know Chris Bryant's going to become a free agent here pretty soon, and if he get he bounces back, he's going to get a boatload of cash. Yeah, so, he is, dude. Um, that's going to be fun. All right, let's talk some outfielders, fantasy baseball outfielders. We're going to use roughly NFBC ADP from February 1st, um, 26 through 50. But I wanted to mention a couple guys because I had the Welsh on five or six episodes ago. We started the outfield debate, and we did like 1 through 25. Well, that was the January ADP. Now we're into mm-hmm. February, almost a full month. And there's a handful of guys, David Dahl, Puig, Ozuna, Hanniger, and Rosario, have all jumped to the top 25. So yep. I, we don't have to go super crazy on these, but I didn't want to just skip over in between two podcasts. Um, they're very kind of flashy names. Obviously, that's why they've risen up the ADP ladder. Let's start with David Dahl. This guy, mm-hmm. you know, you get, get the Coors Field treatment. We saw what he did when he was healthy. Keyword, when he was healthy. Um, do you think this hype train is well worth it? Because he's it's really weird. And the expert stuff I've seen, he kind of falls a bit. But overall, he's still going quite high when you look at his numbers. He's going the 20th outfielder off the board, about pick 72 right now. So what's your thoughts on David Dahl? I'm sorry, man. I just – I can't pay that price. Uh, 271 play appearances last season. I mean, yeah, you know, he – it took him a little while to get going. Um, I think from – yeah, from April on, he was only – he only had like a 793 OPS with a 4% walk rate and a 29% strikeout rate. You know, he's he's obviously is a free swinger, but I mean, in that small sample size in those 271 plate appearances, you know, come September, he really caught on, man. Uh, a 1012 OPS, nine bombs, 148 WRC, you know, but again, five, you know, a five and a half percent walk rate and a 23 percent K rate. Yeah, the this, this strike rate was that strikeout rate was down a little bit, but that he's not going to be a guy that really gets on. Well, I mean, he's he's an OVP guy, but he doesn't really walk too much and he's a free swinger. I think his, uh, he has a 39% O swing, which is just insane. And that's, that's one of the highest in the league. You know, I get it, man. The power speed combo, it's real with this guy. I get it. He's for real. You know, this guy can get you 25, 30 bags a season, hit you 20, 25 bombs easy, but you know, he's going to strike out a ton. I mean, that's going to come with, you know, with the sacrifice of average. And I, I just can't, you know, for such a small sample size for a guy that's not proven and not touted yet, I just I can't take him at seven you know seventy two overall whatever it is it's it's just a little bit too high for me and I'm going to pass on him. Yeah, that's, that's the tough part is you know you know Tommy Pham's going nine picks earlier and I'd be all aboard that train. Um, yep. And there's, there's going to be pitching in that realm and other things to look at. So it's tough. I, I love the profile. I've been wanting him to break out for a while, but man, did he get the uh, the Coors Field bump in ADP in a big big way? Um, he's he's one, he's one of the guys I'm actually get, I'm making I've been making a list throughout draft season of of guys that I really am scared to not own, but I don't want to own. And mm-hmm. David Dahl's one of them because he can easily be a game changer. He's like a Javi Baez or one of these other guys, but I'm just not paying the price. Yeah. And real right. quick, if, I could, if yeah. I could say something real quick, you just mentioned Tommy Pham. Tommy, and I know he's not in the, uh, the, the next 25, but he's another one of my guys, man. When he went over to the Rays, uh, 1071 OPS, seven home runs, 35 runs, 22 RBIs, 191 WRC, plus and a 447 well this guy was literally and that's the kind of performance that you need to pay attention to because that's literally all planet right there and i mean when he you know when he went from the cards to the rays i mean i know he, you know he's, he went on record about talking about the race fan base and now they don't have any but he was absolutely raking and i think it was one of those things that you know obviously he's pissed off at the cardinals that they kept him down in the minors way too long basically just 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 spewing down there and I think that's that's another redemption narrative right there, and that cannot be ignored, and that cannot be avoided. So he's just he's another guy that I'm just going to have everywhere. Yeah, I absolutely love Tommy Pham. Uh, I was all over him last year. 
I'm, I've had him queued up in every draft so far this year, and I get he gets taken right before me almost every time. Um, he, he's a great player. I had no problem with Tommy Pham whatsoever. Um, right behind David Dahl, 21st outfielder off the board, about pick 74. You have Yasiel Puig, a guy that we've known is talented. He's also a super nutcase, but now he's got a new environment. Uh, there's a lot to like this year with Yasiel Puig. What are you thinking of Puig? Because he's really moved up the ladder. He was, he's gone as low as 95, and now he's up to the – 74 slot. You know, bro, I'll be honest, man. I was I was kind of like Yasiel Puig. He kind of is what he is. Uh, and then, you know, before we got on here, I started looking at him a little bit more. And, you know, he's not – batting average-wise, he hasn't hit 267 since 2013 and 2014. So he's not really going to help you too much in the average department. Uh, last season, 820 OPS, 23 bombs, 60 home run, uh, 60 runs, 63 RBIs. And he chipped in 15 steals, which is pretty impressive. And on top of that, I mean, he's obviously going to, you know, a better offensive environment. He's going to a better hitter's park. You know, 38.4% hard contact rate was the highest mark of his career, and that was by a long by a long way. Uh, exit velocity is up one mile per hour, and his launch angle is up almost two degrees from 2017. So I think that this is, you know, I, to be honest, man, I think he, Puig kind of is what he is, but I think that he's definitely going to see a pretty significant bump in, you know, offensively in production this season. You know, especially over there and, uh, you know, with the Reds, I think I think this is a really good environment for him. And I think especially with this lineup, I think this team is is kind of a sneaky sleeper this year. Uh, and I think that there's going to be a lot of value there. So I think I think where he's going right now, it's it's, you know, definitely a sleeper pick. I mean, it, it could be he definitely could outperform his ADP. Uh, with a guy like Puig, I agree. I think he's going to be a monster. I think there's a lot to like there with him. But when you're looking at Puig and we talked about Tommy Pham, if you just if you like blind resume their their overall production numbers or stat cast numbers, there's a lot of similarities there. Yep. Do you? I'm assuming you'd rather have fam though. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd rather have, I'd rather have fam than. I mean, I I would. So this season, I feel like outfielder is a position you can actually wait on, and you can actually build your outfield with these 25 to 50 guys, like even more. You know, there's. You know, I would feel comfortable actually even drafting Tommy Pham as my number one outfielder. I mean, I know you're kind of stretching in a lot of other positions to do that, but yeah, I'd, I'd rather have Pham over a lot of people, especially over Puig. But I, yeah, it's it's you know, but I, I do feel Puig is a pretty good value this year. So I'm with you. There's a handful of these top twenty guys that I'm not in love with by any means. That I feel that there's a lot of similar guys like Puig, Pham, that are very similar, and you can get them around or two later. So. Yeah, no problem with that at all. Outfield's really interesting this year. It's still difficult in the five t- outfield 15 team league, but you can make it work for sure. That's no question at all. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the 22nd outfielder off the board, 78th, almost 79th in February. Marcelo Zuna, he's another one making the run up into the top 25. Um, interesting situation. It depends on who you listen to. It's, you know, he was hurt all of last year. Let's give him a second chance. Or there's a lot of people that don't like him, so I was really surprised to see him move up the ladder. What's your thoughts on Marcelo Zuna in 2019? Well, I think he's kind of, yeah, I mean, I think with that big contract he got, he was pressing a little bit last season. You know, obviously in 2017, he he just, he killed it, man. 37 bombs, 93 runs, 124 RBIs, finished 15th in MVP voting, won a Silver Slugger award, you know, voted to the All-Star team, but kind of underperformed a little bit when he came over, Uh, you know. uh, He was only hitting, you know, 283, 25, 433 triple slash. Uh, with a 758 OPS, you know, 23 home runs, which is respectable, but by no means his 2017 numbers. But what what I did notice about his numbers, you know, is he became a little bit pull heavy last season. Uh, he was pulling the ball to left field 42.2% of the time versus 38% of the time in 2017. Uh, but his hard contact rate skyrocketed last season, 45.2% in 2018 versus 39% 2017. So, I mean, I feel like he was pressing. I feel like he was one of those guys that really, you know, wanted to prove his worth. And I think that his, you know, his production definitely, definitely, you know, was sacrificed due to that. But I, I think that, you know, he's a pretty good value this season. I think he's got a pretty good chance for a bounce back. And I mean, he's, you know, he's a good hitter. He's a good ball player. And I think, you know, I think a bounce back's definitely in the cards for him. And I think that's a pretty good value where he's going. You know, I, to be honest, man, I have a hard time. I, I have a hard time taking him because I, I still think it's 2017 was kind of, uh, I don't want to say a fluke, but it was, you know, it, it's kind of unsustainable at this point. So I'm not going to really be drafting him anywhere, but I could totally see the appeal there. I, you know, I think he's a good, you know, number two, number three outfielder. If you can get him at that spot, 
I wouldn't draft him with, you know, with, as my first outfielder, but I'm kind of staying away from this year, to be honest. Yeah, he's definitely kind of a unicorn season he had there in 17. Yep. Um, Mitch Hanniger, 25th outfielder off the board, 93rd overall. Um, it's an interesting guy to me. I'm really tilted on him. He came out on fire last year and then kind of just made it through the rest of the season, it felt like. I know his overall numbers look really, really well. It just seemed like uh, he was this super all-star and then kind of felt, uh, kind of faded away. What's your thoughts on Hanniger going into this year? Because they, they've made shift a lot of that uh, that roster around him. I like Hanniger, man. I just that park though, it just it just caps his ceiling, and it, I, he he's never going to really break out the way we want him to unless he gets traded. And I think that he's only on a one. Or I I think he's on a one year deal. He's due for arbitration, like a year or two. Uh, but I mean, career highs and plate appearances last season: twenty six home runs, career high in runs, ninety runs, ninety three RBIs. Um, pushes walk rate over ten percent uh, with a career strikeout, uh, career low strikeout rate twenty one percent. Uh, he's barreling the hell out of the ball, you know, up 10.3% barrels, which was up from 6.1 in 2017. So that's pretty significant. You know, I like this guy. I mean, he really, he caught fire in August and September of last year, uh, from August to September, 935 OPS, um, you know, with a 395 wool, but 157 WRC plus. So, I mean, this offensively, this guy, he's a great hitter, but you know, if you remember too, in 2017, he came out of the bat hot. One of the best, one of the best fantasy players in fantasy baseball in 2017. Then he got injured and he just, he wasn't the same player again. So it's just, you know, he hasn't been able to stay in the field, you know, you know, for a continuous basis. But I mean, if we get a full season of health out of him, you know, you can definitely get 30 home runs out of him. I like him in the spot, but again, I think his potential is capped by that park and, you know, you're not going to get, I mean, you're not going to get the the ceiling that everyone's expecting, you know, especially in Safeco. But I mean, I like him though. I, I I can definitely build an outfield with him as you know, maybe as a number two outfielder. And I think where he's going is pretty fair right now. And he definitely has some upside there to outproduce his ADP. Yeah, there's definite upside. Um, he's going to be our eligible player next year, free agent in 2023. So still a ways to go. Maybe he gets an extension because they don't want to trade him, unlike everybody else there. So there's some good about that. Um, most most projection sites have him kind of similar numbers to what he had last year. So uh, if, if you're good with the baseline he had last year, like you're saying, which is very, very good, then, yeah, he's a very good outfield number two. No problem with that at all. But uh, we'll have to wait and see how the rest of that goes around him. Uh, mm-hmm. The last guy here, Eddie Rosario, 24th outfielder off the board. Um, he's picked 90 overall. This is an interesting one to me because – He's really, really gone up this draft board. Early in the draft season, people liked Eddie Rosario. They didn't really love Eddie Rosario. Now it's everywhere you turn, people love Eddie Rosario. What do you think about Eddie Rosario? I do not like Eddie Rosario. Um, and I'll get and I'll tell you exactly why. So he was pretty hot coming out of the season uh, from April to the end of June. Uh, 930 OPS, 18 home runs, 56 runs. Uh, 52 RBIs, but he really died out, dude, from, you know, starting uh, July to the end of September, 642 OPS, 254, 284, 359 slash line, only six home runs. Um, I mean, yeah, he chipped in a 288 overall average last season, but, you know, the guy, he, he's a swing and miss guy, around a 20% strikeout rate, and he doesn't walk, 5% walk rate. I'm just I'm not on board with Rosario. You know, yeah, he might come out of the gate hot for the first month or two of the season, but you know, he's definitely gonna he's gonna he's gonna die out. I'm I'm not taking that option. I'm not taking that chance on him. You know. Yeah, with me, and, and when you look at a guy like Eddie Rosario, like I, I understand where people could kind of get excited about him, mm-hmm. but I'm with you. The, the way he fell off the map and where he's going in this draft concerns me a ton. Um, and then the other factor is give me his teammate. Max Kepler a long time later in the draft. No doubt. No doubt. Media of the week. That's kind of where I'm looking at him right now. And then it's just weird because you like got Eddie Rosario right here. Um, I'd rather go earlier and get a Puig. Here's a question just for fun. David Dahl or Eddie Rosario? Oh, man. I, I'd probably go Dahl <laughs> because of the power-speed combo. I mean, again, small sample. I'm a big sample size guy, bro. You know, I don't think that an overall. Yeah, I'm overall, with you. I like you know, to see guys do it first. I don't you. like to see, like an overall season of numbers. It really isn't dependent on how a guy did if you look at the last two months of the season. But with that guy, I'll probably go with David Dahl because that power speed combo is real. 
Yeah, no, that's how I am. That's why I, there's a guy like Corey Seager. I, I I know how good he can be, but I know how hurt he has been, and I have to see it before I'll trust him. That's just kind of where I was good. If he were to be – you know, he, he started out getting drafted around pick 113. Mm-hmm. There I would really debate things. Pick 90, I know it only sounds like 23 picks. That's a big deal. So uh, I'm going to be sitting on that one. Let's move on to some other guys here before we do kind of some debates and whatnot, some – Random guys here through 26 to 50. I didn't really find good debates for him. I thought they were better just overall top talking points. But let's get to the – he's not quite the Eddie Rosario elephant in the room, but Joey Gallo is a very, very polarizing fantasy figure. You either are in love with them. You get the conversation of, oh, he's an OBP monster, but, hey, we play an average league. Um, people say if he could just do this better by, like, 5%, he'll be a 240 hitter. So true. What's your thoughts on Joey Gallo? Because if, if he does become a 240 hitter, the dude's hitting 40-plus bombs, and he's going to carry you. Dude, he's so – it's just – it's infuriating. Like, if you look at his average, bro – so look, let's look at his average. 2017, he hit 209. 2018, he hit 206. 2017 with a 14% walk rate and a 12% walk rate in 2018. Like, that's – you know, it's – I'm never going to be a guy – you know, I know, dude, he's going to hit you 40. He's going to hit you 45 home runs. I get it. He's just – he's a home run machine. But I just – I can't take that in lieu of a 200 average, man. He's just going to drain your average all season. It's, you know, it's almost like the Rich Hill conundrum. When he's healthy, he's good. But, you know, I'm not saying Joey Gallo's not, but he's frustrating. He's a frustrating guy to own. And, you know, yeah, everybody says if he can hit 250, you know, he's going to be a monster. But he's never even shown – anything relatively close to in 250 so how can you just say that and assume you know i for my money i'm just I, i'm gonna pass on gallo every time i'm not gonna have him anywhere yeah it, it's really difficult like i i want to have joey gallo i want to have a guy that hits 40 home runs but i'm like you i don't want to take that average like average you can't predict average compared to you can't project that they can project other guys. but at mm. the same time i can project joey gallo likely you know you know the projection site steamer 225 Depth charts 225, ATC 216, the bat 226. Is that jump enough? Probably not. That's the bad part. Like, it's funny. Look at his stack, his baseball savant page. He's a 22% barrel guy, a 93% exit velo. He's hitting the ball at a hard contact rate of 48% last year and 52% the year before. But he also strikes out 37% of the time. Yeah. So it's it's just like it's it's crazy, bro. I want to buy in. I really do. And at pick one and ten, it's very tempting but i haven't found myself doing it i go take guys like michael conforto four picks before him and stuff but uh yeah and let, it's it's tough and let me say something too like i'm looking at his numbers here versus a protection okay so 204 in 2015 2017 209 206 in 2018 every projection system has him hitting the lowest is 216 and the next mm-hmm. is 223 like where you got i just that that's a tough one for me to stomach, and I I just don't see it. I mean, it, yeah, if he hits two twenty six, yeah, he's going to push the needle for me a little bit, but I I just I don't see it happening because he has no track record of doing that. So, yep, he's just the modern day Adam Dunn. So that's who we have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, another fun one. That's a good, cop, that's a good uh, cop. I like that. He's big donkey. Um, like a, a guy that if you if, you know the opposite of Joey Gallo, I guess Joey Gallo is consistent in the grand scheme of things, but Justin Upton is consistent in all the right ways. Um, he's going around pick 99, 100 right now. He's really not as old as people think he is. They think he's a lot older than he is, but I think he's around like um, 30 years old right now. Um, and he's very, very good. Uh, what's your thoughts on Justin Nothing? Because he's not flashy by any means, but okay, he's thir- it'll be 32 in August. Not flashy by any means, but the dude just consistently gets you close or more than 30 homers with a solid average and good run production. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been healthy, man. Three seasons in a row of 30-plus home runs, eight seasons of 600-plus plate appearances, 145-plus games in those eight seasons. I mean, the guy stays on the field. You know, he's got longevity. You know, he's not he's not going to wow you with the average, but, you know, the 30-plus bombs three seasons in a row. That You know, last season, 30 home runs, 80 runs batted in – or 80 runs, 85 runs batted in. I mean, he's a pretty solid. He's a pretty solid contributor. I mean, he's going to help you out, and you know, in, in at least three categories, possibly four, if you can get that average up a little bit. But you know, he's kind of a guy that he's another guy I have a hard time drafting. You know, not for you know, I I just I don't know. He's a guy that you know, I, I just don't see myself taking. He's you know that thirty play. He's pretty consistent. He's been pretty solid, but 
I just don't see him at that ADP, and I just I'm not really ready to put him in my outfield to be honest. You know, would you take him or Nick Castellanos? Uh, uh, Nick Castellanos. I'm a Nick Castellanos truther, my friend. He is going to break out this season in a big way. I will take Nick Castellanos over over many people. Okay. What about Justin Upton or Victor Robles? Oh, that's tough for me, man. Because you know, Robles. You know, Robles. Every you know, huge prospect, huge prospect pedigree. This this dude is going to be a stud. But everyone is forgetting that it takes a little bit to get acclimated to major league pitching. Uh, so I think everyone's ready to anoint him a saint already, but I think we need to give him a little bit of time. Uh, obviously, in a in a redraft league and a keeper league, I'm going Robles all day. You know, in you know, in just in just a standard a standard draft league, I'm probably going to go Upton. You know, that, like yeah. So I mean, Robles is going to be a stud for for a long time, but I just think he's going to he might struggle a little bit. You know, for sure. Uh, last kind of guy I'd like to talk about in this area because he is very polarizing. And a lot of it depends on if the White Sox want to pull their head out of their ass or not. But it's Eloy Jimenez. This guy can hit a ball a mile, absolute mile. Like, And he actually hits with some decent average at times. Not Vla- not Vlad Guerrero Jr. style, but this is the next best thing. If you didn't know who Vlad was, we'd know who Eloy was. He's going about pick 125, 35th outfielder off the board. Do you have any desire to roll the dice on Eloy Jimenez? Yeah, he's one. I, he's one I'd probably be willing to take. I mean, he, again, you know, he's another guy that, you know, he might struggle a little bit when he first comes up. But I mean, this dude hit he hit three fifty five last season in Triple A. Man, you know, two hundred twenty eight plate appearances. You know, he doesn't strike. And you know, his minor league numbers indicate he doesn't really even strike out that much. Thirteen percent K rate last season. I mean, this guy is an absolute monster. I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be a perennial 40, 40 home run plus guy. You know. I, I just I'm willing to take the, I'm willing to take the take the chance on this guy and roll the dice because I think that he's just going to be a monster for years and years to come. Yeah, this guy is really really good. I know I, I was on doing one of my shows towards the end of last year when there's rumors he might be coming up, and I had multiple guys that play in the NFBC TGFBI at the time saying basically whatever you have left, throw it on him if he gets involved. Yep. Like that's just because he is that good. Like a full season in that hitter's ballpark. He's going to be a monster. And, you know, the projection sites have him between 21 and 25 homers. I think he's got more than that in him, but I'd still gladly take that at that point in the draft. The sneaky good thing about him, like I kind of hinted at, was he could hit for average. And all the projection yep. sites come out to that. So he's not just this big, bulky guy that's going to drop 25 to 30 bombs and hit 250. He's going to help you in so many categories. The only thing he doesn't do, he doesn't steal bases. He's not yep. going to steal bases. But everything else there, you know, getting mentored by guys like Jose uh, Abreu and others, like it's – I don't know what they're waiting for. Besides, I understand saving money. I get all that, but goddamn, just bring him up, let him let him get his feet wet, and uh, make it happen. Hopefully, it's just like Vlad. It's you know two weeks or whatever into the the season, we go from there. But he's, he's, a, beat. he's a beat. If I could, if I could say something real quick. So if you remember, you know, last year when the White Sox uh, brought up Michael Kolpak, it, dude, it was it was electric. It was absolutely mm-hmm. electric in that stadium. And can you even imagine if they would have brought Eloy up with him? Like they, these guys need to just, just, you know, let these guys run free. Just let them roam, man. Cause you know, I get the service time thing, but I mean, this system is flawed and it, it needs to stop. The, these guys need, you know, these guys are, I don't know. They just need to let them go. Just bring them up early. Cause I mean, he's just going to be a monster. I, I'm seeing, I see a lot of Frank Thomas in his profile. I mean, obviously we can't really go that far that. yet, but you know, I could see that a lot, you know, like a poor man's Frank Thomas in his profile. He's, he's definitely got the appeal there. Yeah, I can see that for sure. It's not bad at all. Um, let's get into some player debates here, and I think I already know the answer to the first one, but I, I tried to match up somewhat similar profiles fantasy-wise in this 26 to 50 range, and it wasn't as easy as it was in the first 25 guys. I'll tell you that much. They almost fell in line earlier. This was a little different, but uh, based on what you said earlier, Nick Castellanos versus Will Myers. First off, before I get your answer, I want to mention uh, Nick Castellanos, 98th off the board, Will Myers 104. Give me your take. I am I'm a big Cassianos guy. Will Will Myers I like. You know, obviously he wasn't healthy last season, but I mean the the power speed combo that it's real. I think he had what 28 and 20 stolen bases in 16 and 17. Uh he put together I think 600 plus plate appearances in both those seasons. Uh, you know, but you know, he, he doesn't really move the needle for me. You know, it's, you know, you're going to get, you know, you could get 20, 20 consistently out of him, but if he can stay healthy, I just, I just don't see it. I mean, 
Castellanos, he's a guy, I just think he's on the cusp right now. You know, I, I wrote something pretty recently in from 2014 to 2017, uh, 762 OPS um, with a 104 w, WRC plus 326 Woba. Last season, 854 OPS, 130 WRC plus with a 363 Woba. And he's doing that, you know, he's hitting the ball in the air more and he's hitting it harder. So from 2014, 2017, 36% hard contact rate. Last season, 2018, 48% contact, hard contact rate. So this guy's raking. Uh, and another thing that I've noticed too is I took two of his best months in uh, in May, 968 OPS um, with 162 w, yeah, WRC plus. But he he was hit, he was pulling the balls to left field 53% of the time. September 999 OPS four uh, 413 Woba 164 WRC plus, but he was pulling the ball to left field 38% of the time. So to me that means that he became a more versatile, a more well-rounded hitter instead of so much relying on the pull percentage. He was basically spraying it all over the place, and I think that that is definitely a clear-cut sign of a breakout. And I think that's somebody that's basically on the up and up. Just in my opinion, that's just what I saw from from his batted ball. But I think that he is – I think he's going to be a monster this year, and I think he's going to be a monster for years to come. Yeah, I'm a big, big Castellanos fan. I'm not going to argue that one second. Um, I believe he's he, – there's a good chance he could get traded this year. Does yeah. that bug you at all? All for it, bro. Yeah, because that's where I was going with that is the biggest concern I have I think, with Castellanos is that wonderful, wonderful Detroit lineup around him. Um, uh, that would be – the biggest concern, but at the same time, it wasn't great last year, especially after the dead deadline, and he did just fine. Uh, Castellanos has always been near and dear to my heart just because this guy, like you said, everything you mentioned, he hits the crap out of the baseball. That's just the basic, simple uh, analysis that you come here for. He hits the crap. like He hits yeah. it so hard. No doubt. And he's really, he's really not even – he's not even got the best launch angle yet. Like if he starts developing that and buys into the revolution, that is the launch angle revolution. I know. Just imagine what could come out of Nick Castellanos. He's going to be 28 years old. Um, you know, and the, and the offense isn't horrific. It's just not great. Like Josh Harrison, Heimer Condelario, Miggy Cabrera, Nico Goodrum. Yeah. They're not lighting things on fire, but he's going to have chances to do things. And I, I think it's really big. And like you said, with Will Myers, my biggest concern is this guy just can't stay healthy. Every time they move him to the outfield, he gets hurt, and I just, I just hate it. Um, you, we can say it till we're blue in the face. The Eric Hosmer signing was just dumb. Yeah. And, um, Will Myers should be playing first base right now, and they have so many good outfielders there. But that's a whole other podcast in itself on what the Padres are doing. But, um, yeah, I go, I go Casty too. We all know, like, the, the Hosmer signing. Everybody knew that was a dumb signing, except the Padres. Like, I don't know, man. You, you need to talk to some of us before you do this. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yes, for hey, sure. But if I could say something real quick, dude. So this is kind of a strange comp, and I'm not in any way saying that, you know, they're the same they're the same relative even caliber of player. But Castellanos' batted ball profile reminds me a lot of J.D. Martinez. And, again, I'm not saying they're the same yeah, player. No, I could, I could see that. If you look at him in the walk rate, the strikeout rate, the hard hit rate, everything is pretty much in line. You know, obviously it's a little bit different from, you know, Martinez' season last year where he was just all planet. But it, there, there's something there. And, I mean, if Cassianos keeps developing, that is the type of player that I can see out of him, a, a very similar to J, J, uh, J.D. Martinez. And not the same caliber, but I could see it happening one day. No, and I, I could see that too. And if you – you have to go on the Google machine, but if you like Google back to JD Martinez, late Astros, early Tigers days, they look a lot alike too. Yeah, like a lot. It's really the, when you when you brought him up, it dawned on me real quick. I'm like, yeah, you're honest because JD's gotten a little beefier and it, it fits into his profile. If Nick could easily do that, or he could keep doing what he's doing and become you know versatile all over the field. But uh, yeah, the hitting profile is definitely there. That's what I'm saying. If, and I looked at his launch angle. It's not as bad as I thought it was. It's, it's like 15, 16, give or take. Yeah. But still, a guy that hits the ball as hard as he does with the exit velo that he does, if he just kind of maybe got that a little more in like that 17, 18 range, you're, yeah. I'm not like they've done the studies. He can go for 23 homers last year, an easy like 30 to 35 homer guy, like, just like that. That's simple. That's the thing too. With twenty three bombs, I mean, he he is a, he's a thirty home run plus guy, and I don't see I don't see him holding back this season. So I think I think it's just going to be a big year for him, for sure. Let's go on to the next one here. Uh, Victor Robles, you guys mentioned him already. Going about pick ninety nine, one hundred, give or take. Then Michael Conforto, about pick one hundred six. Two very young guys. 
Uh, question marks on both. Obviously, Conforto started the year too soon last year, kind of got it going towards the end, should be fully healthy. Victor Robles got hurt. Juan Soto got the shot. Victor Robles still very good, but young. How do you look at these two come draft day? Oh, well, again, that's, I mean, it really obviously depends on your league and your league format. If it's a redraft, you know, yeah, you're going to take that chance on Robles. Uh, I can't even say his name. Robles. I can't even say it. Robles. There you go. Uh, but I'm a bit, I'm also a big Conforto guy this year. I think that that, you know, he, uh, 2017 was cut short by, uh, he had a tone, uh, posterior capsule in his left shoulder and that's a pretty major injury. Uh, and I think that's one, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who's that, uh, um, who Urias from the, the Dodgers had something Dodgers similar to that. that and they thought that was going to be a career ender for him. But I think that, you know, he came back a little bit too early. And I think that kind of lim- limited his, you know, his movement, his shoulder, his swing, his throwing, everything. And I think, you know, he definitely struggled in the beginning of 2017. 216, 344, 366 triple slash for a 710 OPS. Uh, but he was, he was definitely having problems. Barrel rate dropped drastically to 9, 9.5% from 12, from 12.5% in 2017. Uh, his, hard, his hard hit percentage dropped uh, 7% to 36 uh, percent from 43 in 2017 so he was clearly injured man he was clearly not ready to come back but th- you know this guy really caught fire in the last couple months after the all-star break um 895 ops 17 bombs 43 uh, 43 runs scored 52 rbis and even in september dude he had a stellar september 981 ops nine home runs uh 409 wobble 165 wrc plus with 30 percent hard contact rate uh, the only thing I'm concerned about Conforto is he doesn't, you know, he's below the league average in contact percentage. I think he's at like 73 or 74% contact and he might not get you, you know, a pretty stellar average. I think he hit, I don't have it in front of me, but I think he hit like 250 last season, but you know, he's, he could be a three, uh, you know, a three category contributor easily, uh, you know, with a bump in average. I mean, I think that he can finish as a top 50 player next season. If, you know, it, I think he could be a monster going forward. Yeah, I'm a big Conforto fan. I love Victor Robles. So I've preached it anywhere that anybody will let me preach it. Um, I, I agree with the concern of the slow start. That would not shock me at all. I just think as long as they give him everyday playing time, which they should, there should be no reason. And as long as the rumors of potentially putting him at the top of the order, which would be tremendous, mm-hmm. I love the speed you get from Victor Robles with some power upside. Um, but Conforto, I think big things are coming. Like what you said at the, at the end of the second half last year, I think he finally got healthy. You saw what he did. He hit 243. I, I wouldn't be shocked you know, you get up to 260 or 270 even, but that power is legit. I think he might even run a little more uh, given the chance. Just a real, a real quick one here for fun. Would you rather have Conforto at 105 or his teammate, Brandon Nemo, at – where the hell did you go? You're not that low. This is this is what this is why I do such good radio right here. Uh, Brandon Nemo at pick one seventy three, so almost seventy picks apart. Which one of those two would you rather have? Nemo. Okay. And let me let me tell you why. I actually got to write up on him too. Hold on one second. Because Nemo, I think everybody is kind of they think it was a fluke. I think everybody is kind of you know on the fence about him. You know, is this guy going to play? Is he going to get all the playing time? You know, is he for real? But this guy for three months from April from April through June, bro. This guy, 264, 381, 538 triple slash, 919 OPS, 12 home runs, 38 runs, scored 25 RBIs with a 11% walk rate, you know, 28% strikeout rate, which is a little bit high, but a 154, you know, WRC plus. And he even continued that. He had kind of a bad July, but August to September, man, 954 OPS, 414 Woba, 168 WRC. So this is no fluke. This is... Basically, this is consistent production throughout the entire season, and I think that he is another steal, an absolute steal where he is going. And I think that he's just gonna he's just gonna carry on top of that, you know, that 2018 he had just be a monster in 2019. So I think where he's going right now, get him while you can. Yeah, I'm a big Nemo fan. I like him a lot. People don't realize that I got bored one day and just um, I just went through last year's stats and I, I sorted it by OBP. He's a top five OBP guy in baseball. No which doubt. is crazy to think about. And as more and more leagues change to OBP, he's even more of a steal. So, uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye on Brandon Nimmo. I like that quite a bit. And real All quick, right, back to the me, debate. Real yeah. quick, let me just tell you something. In those August, August and September numbers, 180 play appearances, a 20% walk rate and an 18% That's strikeout for a kid like him. It's crazy. It's just crazy to me. And a young, he, a young I mean, kid with that kind of play is crazy. 
Yep. Really. T- here's a kind of fun one. Kind of older guys and uh, a little young guy in here. They all got uh, they got paid here as free agents or extensions this year. AJ Pollock, Michael Brantley, Aaron Hicks. Three very good guys in their own rights. All with kind of question marks in certain spots. How do you look at those three? I'm over AJ Pollock at this point, bro. I mean, I've been, yeah. I, you know, he's broken my heart just way too many times. Um, I, I just, I can't do it. I mean, even, you know, even if he, I don't even know what he's going right now, but I, I'm not really looking at him. Brantley's a guy that, I mean, I think everyone was pretty excited for Kyle Tucker, and I think, you know, the the Brantley signing in Houston that, you know, it's kind of going to block Kyle Tucker, and that's kind of sad because he's one of those prospects that everybody is high on. But Brantley, I mean, he kind of put it together last season, man. You know, he's been hurt with the bicep, with the, you know, with the knee, with the shoulder for the last couple seasons. He's another guy that I was pretty high in the last couple of years. You know, I, I kept him my DL slot for literally a solid year, and he never even came back. I think that was 16, um, 17 a little bit better. But last season, I mean, Brantley, is an, he's an elite contact guy, dude. He leads the league in, in contact percentage. He never strikes out, you know, I mean, and he, and he walks quite a bit. So he's – you know, it's just hard with that injury track record, man, because he's just frail and he's br- he's bitter or brittle. I'm sorry, but you know, he's a guy. I mean, you could definitely take a shot on because he's, you know, he he hits the ball, and he hits it, he hits it consistently. So, you know, he's a guy. I think he he did put it together last season. But you know, for my money, it's Aaron Hicks. I think that he is, and I think that you know, I'm definitely not alone here. I mean, I think he's everybody's sleeper right now. Uh, you know, this kid just got paid. Uh, career high, career highs and plate appearances, home runs last season, 27, um, 90 runs scored, 79 RBIs, all career highs, um, lowered his walk rate to, a, you know, he lowered his walk, I'm sorry, raised his walk rate to a career high 15%. And that was the fifth best walk rate in the league. So this guy walks at a huge clip. He's an OB mach- OBP machine, 40% hard contact rate. Um, and that was up 9% from 30% in 2017. So I, this guy is just hitting the absolute crap out of the ball right now. Uh, he doesn't chase. His chase rate is, uh, you know, career low, 20.9% chase rate. That was the seventh best, you know, O swing in the league last season. So, you know, I think this guy's got it all, man. He's got power. He's got plate discipline. I mean, you know, he lacks a little bit of speed, but I don't think you need that. I mean, this he's a, he's a four-category contributor, and I think that he is just in for a monster season right now. And on top of that, bow rate's up from, you know, his bow rate was up like 8%. Uh, extra velocity, his launch angle were also career highs last season. So I think that he is just he's just prone. You know, he's just prone for a career year right now. And I th- I'm taking him everywhere I can get him. I like it. So Hicks, Brantley, then Pollock in that order. Yep. Um, Hicks, Hicks is going at 126. Eloy Jimenez, 125. Who do you pick out of those two? Oof. <laughs> Damn you. Um, on the show. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, you know, in, in a redraft, I mean, a keeper league, I'm probably, I'm probably gonna go. Um, I'm probably gonna go Eloy, but I mean, just a regular draft, like an NFBC, or I'm sorry, like a TGFBI type thing. I'm gonna go Aaron Hicks all day. And I mean, either way, I'm gonna try to have shares of both of them everywhere I can because you know, I just think that the ceiling is sky high for both of them. Okay, I like that quite a bit. Let's talk about the next one here. Uh, you mentioned career years for the, some of the previous guys. David Peralta coming off a career year in Arizona. He's still there even though Goldie's gone and A.J. Pollock's gone. He's pick 140 off the board. And then he got Andrew McCutcheon right before him at pick 139, got a new deal, and hitter-friendly Philadelphia. So he's not in Pittsburgh. He's not in San Francisco. He's actually got a good ballpark to hit in for the first time in his career. It's an interesting debate. you got a kind of a younger guy in his prime, an older guy with a couple maybe good years left. Who do you like here? I like Peralta. Um, I'm a big McCutcheon guy. I'm actually, I'm a Phillies fan. I love the signing. Better ballpark, better team, better club, you know, good, you know, better fan base. I just think that, you know, this is a guy that walks, you know, you know, almost just as much as he strikes out. You know, he's got a little bit of speed. Obviously, he's, you know, he's in the later portion of his career, but, you know, he's an OBP machine, this guy. And I mean, I think that he is, you know, he's definitely a guy that you could take a late flyer on. Uh, you know, McCutcheon, 13%, you know, almost 14% walk rate last season. Doesn't strike out too much. 14, chipped in 14 stolen bases. So, you know, he's on the up and up. And I think a lot of guys are, you know, they're a little bit scared to take him, you know, because he's a little bit older, he's in his thirties, but I don't think he should be, I, you know, you know, he's, he's a monster and he's, he's, he's going to have a great season in Philly. Uh, with Peralta, man, I think that Peralta had just a career year last season. I think he flew under the radar. He had 30 home runs. He won a, uh, you know, silver slugger award. Uh, basically he mashed his kid, man. So this kid, 
And I think that he took a stud turn last year. And I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, just devaluing what he did. But, you know, I took two of his two of his best month, June, uh, 1074 OPS, eight home runs. Um, again, he had a 50 percent pull percentage. So, you know, he's 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 a lefty. So he was hitting a 50 percent pull percentage to, to right field. August, 1141 OPS, 361, 410, 732 slash in 105 plate appearances, 10 bombs, 18 runs, scored 21 RBIs. And again, similar to how Castellanos did, that pull percentage went from 50% to 37%, which you know means he's he's less reliant on pulling the ball to right field, and he's he's basically just scattering, he's spraying it all over the place. And that, in my opinion, that is, you know, that's a sign of a of a complete hitter. And on top of that, dude, in August, a 62% hard contact rate, which is just that that's just Insane. catastrophic, dude. I don't even know what to say about that. And even his June numbers, his 48% hard contact in June, even that's a that's a monstrosity. But 62%, like what is that? I mean, the, the one knock on his game is launch angles. His launch angles, it's below the league average. He's got a 6.7 degree launch angle. League average is 10.9. Uh, but, you know, the EV's there, his extra velocity's there. And I think this kid is, you know, you know, e- even if he just maintains with that launch angle, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be solid. He's going to be a stud. And I just think that, you know, you can't overlook that, you know, because I think he made a pretty solid stud turn last season. I'm, I'm going to have him everywhere I possibly can as well this year. Yeah, no, I, I like them both. I like McCutcheon quite a bit. I think there's a lot to enjoy there still in uh, Philadelphia, but Peralta's interesting. Very interesting. If you don't believe it's a one-year wonder, like you said, all the statistics pan out to look very, very nice. So both interesting plays here. You got Peralta over McCutcheon. Um, do you have Peralta over Hicks or Jimenez? No, I think I'm probably – it's uh, for me, that's tough, man. It's probably going to be Hicks, Jimenez, and Peralta for me. Okay. Uh, last debate we got here is kind of two speedy guys. Uh, Ender and Ciarte go and pick 136. When he let off last year, he ran like crazy. They're moving down the order, Nothing. There's already rumors he's moving down the order this year, so this can make things real interesting. But then you got a guy like Billy Hamilton where it's always real interesting. He's going back to 150. We know how good he is when he's on base. The problem is, is like the old saying goes, you can't steal first base. So um, when you look at Billy Hamilton, you look at Ender and Ciarte, 14 picks apart, um, you might not pick either one of them in the draft, which is fine. But just on this debate, where do you go? Ooh, it's tough, man. You know, if obviously you're taking either of these guys for the stolen base potential, I, and I think I think Billy Hamilton and KC, I mean, they're going to let him run. They're just going to let him just run. The, they're going to run the crap out of him. You know, obviously OBP for him is a concern. You know, I know he doesn't hit enough to get on base, but I mean, you know, he's, he's definitely showed some strides in the last couple of years. He's not this guy that, you know, everybody wants him to be. He's not going to be a 300 hitter, you know, more like 250, 240, 250, 260. But I'm probably going to take Billy Hamilton just for just for the situation because they're going to they're going to let him run wild. And you know, Ender Enciarte, he's going to hit at the bottom of the lineup again. And as you said, man, he's just not going to steal down there. So I'm going to go Billy Hamilton on that one. But I'm probably staying away from both of these guys to be honest. That's how I am. I'm not, I'm not touching either one of them. I'm trying to get my steals elsewhere. But that's why I want to bring up the debate because it's almost like. In recent years, everyone's all in on Billy Hamilton. And now this year, they're just like, no, I don't even need to do with Billy Hamilton. But when you look at the landscape of the, the, stol- the stolen base world, and at that point in the draft, he's actually not horrible if that's yep. what you need. But true, not man. ideal. Not ideal. Yep. Yep. <laughs> all right, just a couple more players to hit on. We already hit on Brandon Nimmo, so we'll cross him off the list. But um, from 40 to 50, I'm not going to go over all of those guys. But Nemo is one of them. One that sticks out as a sneaky good value play, I think. I think he might even be able to, you know, 27 home runs last year, hitting 267 with 88 ribbies is outstanding. I still think there's even more that can come from Stephen Piscotty. And he, like I said he's the 40th, um, 42nd outfielder off the board. Going about pick 159 right now. You look at his stat cast metrics, they're insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your thoughts on Stephen Piscotty? I like him. I think, I mean, 27 bombs last year hasn't hit, you know, hit 22 in 2016 with the Cardinals. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just think there's a lot on tap potential for this kid, man. I mean, I think this, you know, this 267 average, I, I think that he can definitely bring that up a little bit more. He had 273 when he's with the Cardinals. You know, I think that they're, you know, I think this kid's a sneaky play. And I think, you know, he could, he could surprise a lot of people. I mean, 20, you know, 27 home runs, 78 runs scored 88 RBIs last season. That's, you know, for late round value, I mean, you really, you can't beat that right there. And I mean, that's that's pretty solid. I'm going to be grabbing him wherever I can. 
And there's a lot to like. You know, he's he's 28 years old, so he's he's in that prime stage. He's only had two seasons where he's played at least 150 games or more. And in those two seasons, 22 and 27 homers. Um, in those two seasons, a 273 and a 267 average, 85 or more RBIs. Like you mentioned, there's a lot to like here. His exit velo is good. His hard hit percentage, it's it's been no lower than 34% his entire career. Um, yeah. and, he, and he's just getting getting older. And I think I think having his the Mon situation, which is as sad as it was, behind him playing around his hometown, uh, I, I think there's a lot to like here with him. And that A's team is going to be a lot of fun again this year. I know the pitching staff's horrific, but they're going to put up some runs in Oco. Um, that, was so, that was so powerful, bro. When he hit that, he hit that bomb for his mom. That was oh my god! Yeah. Like yeah, if you don't know, tear up, bro. You're not a baseball fan. You're not even a. Yeah, that was a so human being. <laughs> I got. I I don't know how he played, but uh, he did. Yeah, how do you and, even uh, play through that, bro? Like, how do you? Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's all that. That story is something special. So everyone, go check that out. For some reason you don't know it, go check that out. But uh, 45th outfielder out the board, pick 167 right now. I wanted to get your thoughts on Harrison Bader because. We know the guy can run for days. He plays really good outfield. If you look at the hit tools, there's some question marks, but obviously some optimism because he's so young. But he might not even play every day right now. So what's your thoughts on Harrison Bader? Because there's a lot of hype on this kid. I don't know, man. I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence about him. Uh, you know, he came out, he was kind of he was kind of just, you know, just surviving. I mean, when he came up. You know, he, he did hit his stride in August. August, uh, 301, 368, 538, triple slash, 906 OPS. Um, that was good for a 141 WRC plus and a 380 Woba hitting the absolute shit out of the ball, 48 and a half percent hard contact. So that is definitely very encouraging. Um, you know, the seasonal slash line, it, it's kind of, it's, it's left to be desired. 264, 334, 422, uh, with a 756 OPS, you know, it do- doesn't really jump off the page of you, but you know, he lowered his swing rates, he increased his contact rates across the board. So I think, I think this kid is definitely, definitely a sneaky sleeper. You know, I mean, obviously he's not a sleeper. He's kind of, he's a wide, what do they call it? A wide awake sleeper right now. But I think that he has definitely some sneak value in the later rounds. You know, so I think he's, I'm going to be grabbing him when I can, because I think that this kid's definitely shown some potential. And that glove, that glove definitely plays. He's he's excellent on defense. So, I mean, he's definitely, you know, if they can find a spot for him to play, I mean, I think he's going to stick. So we'll see. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It's just a, an interesting one for me because, like, Nemo's going right behind him. And then the guy – the last guy we're going to talk about here on this podcast is Byron Buxton. He's literally going the pick right before Harrison Bader. Um, we know how good he can be. We also know how bad he can be. And mm-hmm. the hype train is real as he's already got two homers in the spring. He just went in the fifth round of one of the TGFBI drafts. I can't wait to start breaking down ADP on those players. Wait, but, wait. um you said fifth. Someone took Byron Buxton in the fifth round. Yes, I can't remember who tweeted out, but I. Um, while you're talking about Buxton, I will look at Shimada's sheet and find out exactly who it was. But yeah, he went in the fifth round of TGFBI. The hype train is in full bore. What is your thoughts on God. Byron Buxton? Is that because that's probably because what he's five for five in the spring with three, with three, I think he had three home runs already. He two two home runs already. I don't know, dude. So Byron Buxton, he's he's just he's such an interesting case to me because. If you remember, man, that season that he got good, it took him forever to get good. It took him like like three quarters of the season to start producing at even an average clip. And when he did, I mean, there was no turning back. You know, obviously missing last season with the migraines and everything, you know, it's going to be tough for him to get, you know, reacclimated to major league pitching. And we can't forget that it literally took him forever to just, you know, to, to get decent and to do what he did. So I, I'm not, I, I'm not really a big Byron Buxton guy, man. I, he's not going to hit enough. And, you know, I know his, his speed is elite. He's a plus plus, you know, plus plus speed guy in the base pass, but I just don't think he's going to hit enough to even, you know, to, to, to get, get remotely closer or, or relevant for fantasy production. So I'm kind of staying away from him. Yeah. Um, he went in league nine. It looks like at pick. Um, there we go. Here we go. League nine. I don't have the owner's info though. But yeah, he went at pick ninety-two. Or no, he's right here. Yeah, league nine, pick ninety-two overall. It's the only league he's gone in so far. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know the manager's info. I'll have to figure that out later. I don't want to hold everybody up the whole time, but yeah, pretty interesting stuff right there. <laughs> he's flying up the board. That's so crazy to me, man. That's crazy. I I can't do it. I, you know, I I get. I get the appeal, I get the potential, I get the ceiling, but I just don't think that he's ever going to – I don't think he's ever going to hit it. 
because we've you know we've just seen him struggle time and time again, and I, I just don't see it, man. I'm I'm going to stay away. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I I like the excitement that he brings, but I made a comp to someone when they posted a picture that he put on 25 pounds of muscle. I said, oh great, now it's Major League Two Willie Mays Hayes, where he hits like <laughs> Mays and he hits like shit. It's just going to be great. <laughs> so true, bro. It's so true. We got it all. Yeah. But all right, man. That'll wrap us up for this episode. This is a lot of fun. I can sit here and talk with you all day long, and we'll have to do it again. But why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and what you got going on? Uh, right now, um, I'm writing at the Scorecrow. Uh, we got, uh, you know, doing our MLB coverage right now. We got a lot of stuff coming out in the, you know, next couple weeks. So, you know, keep an eye on that. Um, I'm Bishfat on Twitter, uh, B I S H P H A T. Uh, you can find all my stuff there. Uh, right now, we're doing the TGFBI. Literally, just. Uh, you know, I'm dying inside because people just can't pick fast enough and they can't set their cues. So I'll be literally doing that and screaming at my phone and my computer for the next probably, you know, seven or eight days. So hopefully, you know, we'll get through, you know, the, the next round or two in the next three days. So, you know, you guys can find me on Twitter. You know, I'm always available. If, you know, obviously, I appreciate you having me on, brother. This has been amazing and I'm honored to be here. So thanks for having me, bro. No problem. Again, we'll do it again sometime. There's a lot of fun, a lot of knowledgeable info there, and we'll definitely make it happen again. Everybody go check him out on Twitter. Like you said, at Bishfat, B-I-S-H-P-H-A-T. Really good stuff with Matt Bishop. Everybody, this was Bench with Bubba, episode 148, talking to some fantasy baseball outfielders. Thanks for joining us. Catch you guys later. 